Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the resiliency and running podcast my name is liz and i will be your host i am so excited for this episode you guys are going to love it we're bringing diane back on the podcast to talk about her incredible comeback she just ran a 305 marathon and we're talking all things comeback and her story so just sit back and relax we'll just jump right into the episode this one is super inspiring and we always love having diane on the podcast All right, we have Diane back on the podcast today, and I'm so excited. We're going to be chatting all things comeback in her running journey, her big, big 305 marathon recently. (laughs) I wish you could see her on video right now, but like, honestly, so inspiring. And like, I'm really excited to like dive into just like everything that went into this comeback, all of the hard training days, every single one. If you follow her on her socials, you would have seen like all of these videos that she's put together of like every single run, struggling through each one and like really like pushing herself in the comeback and like coming back to marathon training as well. So I'm so excited to reintroduce Diane on the podcast and have her back on. I'm sure that most people know you, but go ahead, Diane, and just give a little intro. Okay. Hi, I'm Diane. This is my second time on the podcast. I'm so excited to be back. I feel so lucky that Liz wanted to have me back on the podcast. So yeah, I'm I just ran a marathon literally this past Sunday, still feeling a little beat up from that. But yeah, I'm Diane Lauren on TikTok and I'm Diane Lauren 19 on Instagram and I'm a runner. This was my first marathon that I'd done in a really long time, but I've been training for I would say about like seven years now with many ups and downs, (laughs) many bumps in the road. So not super like consistently throughout those seven years, but yeah. Diane is one of those people that is very open. And we were just talking about this being like very open, raw and vulnerable with her running journey. And I feel like this year, I remember like at the beginning, I'm just going to go back to the beginning of this year. Cause I think I, I don't even remember if it was like the beginning, beginning of this year or like spring, summer. But like, I remember when like you weren't on, on social media, you were not making videos, which is like, you know, you're typically like uploading pretty regularly. So like, I remember like, not only like checking your account and like searching you and searching you guys on Instagram being like, where's Diane? Where's Dan? And like, and I remember like DMing with like 
Emmeline and Liv and we were just like is Diane okay like we hope she's okay and then I kept like checking your comments as well and I was like all these people were like where is she like I miss her videos and like I know that like what you went through was so tough and then you made that video about like coming back and like sort of like what had been sort of like the accumulation of the past few months so I'm curious to hear if there's like anything more that you wanted to like share on that and I guess like I don't know like tell me more about like what that looked like because I know that that looked like you know I think that that it takes a lot to kind of like fall out of like running and I feel like that must have been a really tough time to feel that you couldn't turn to running for like that mental outlet and like just feeling like you kind of like lose yourself in what is like the horrible corporate world of like tech yeah 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 so like outside of running I work as a software engineer and at the time I was working in big tech and um, I had been for five years but I had been moved to a new team basically at the beginning of 2023 when my old team was dissolved and I got put on a team that was not a great situation at all and I experienced probably like the worst level of burnout that I had ever experienced in my life like I have never worked in such an unsustainable way than what I was doing earlier this year um and Originally, I was still trying to run alongside of that and train alongside of that. But the, you know, toxicity of the environment that I was in at work and the pressure and, you know, running and training like this in the best of times is already hard, right? Like, but running and training like this, when you're not eating enough, not sleeping enough, and you're at a 10 out of 10 with stress all the time is like physically impossible. And I I was bonking in every session and I was burning out so badly. Posting, you know, something I've always like prided myself in with my social media is that I don't just post when things are going well. Like I do post when I'm upset or when I have bad races or when I have bad workouts or when my mindset isn't right and I talk about that and share that perspective but honestly I I don't think I've like ever been in such a dark place in my life as Mm. I was in the spring and it just got to the point where not only could I not be on social media anymore like I could like hardly live my own life like it was Mm. just a really, really terrible time. And basically, it culminated in me completely stopping everything but working like I I wasn't running, I wasn't leaving the house. Like this is really, you know, this is like something that's hard to say aloud. I wasn't like showering. I wasn't like mm. taking care of myself. My hair was falling out. It was, it was like a really horrible situation. There was like a lot of like threat over my like job all the time. So yeah, it was a very difficult time. And I had deleted all social media off my phone. I wasn't answering my friends. I wasn't answering my parents my own husband I wasn't even like talking to him like I would just like sit at my desk and work so yeah it was it was a bad time I don't think I like shared the full extent of like how dark that time got on social media but yeah it it was not it was not good I remember like watching that first video back when you created that and when you talked about like you would literally wake up and like start work at some like really crazy out like 
early time, like before 9 a.m. And then it would just carry on past 5 p.m., 6 p.m. into the late evening. Like, were you like at the time, were you like so focused on like working to try and like make sure that you weren't going to like lose your job that like was running just like not at the forefront of your mind at all? Or was it something that kind of like sat in the back and you thought about like, oh man, like I really wish that I had the time because I fully understand like that sounds like a horrible situation and like there's mm-hmm. nothing that you can do except like sleep wake up mm-hmm. work and then like do that cycle over again yeah you know what's funny i think for people who follow me on social media they see like this love that i have for running and it's like this incredible love for the sport but i love software engineering more than i love running and mm. i would give up running for my career in like an instant if i had to because like as hard as i have like worked for running to be where i'm at i've like worked harder to you know make establish myself as you know a woman in software engineering and and that like is everything to me so like when the decision came for me to either like put my job first or put running first it wasn't even a decision like I think it's funny because a a lot of I think a lot of people see people you know see us on social media and they think well that's like their whole life but yeah you know my my like I kind of like stumbled upon like a following a little bit to be honest like I started sharing my journey and people we're interested in it, which is like so humbling and amazing, right? But like my dream was never to have a following on social media. My dream was to be a software engineer. So yeah, I was prepared to like, I was prepared to a fault to sacrifice everything and anything Mm. for my job, which, you know, isn't healthy at all because there's, you know, you can be a software engineer at many different places. I shouldn't have let it get to that point, but it's hard when you care so deeply about something. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Like when you, because when you like released like the race day video and you kind of talked about like the culmination and the build up. Yeah. You talked about how everything happens for a reason. So like, I know that like job layoffs can be super hard, but I feel like there must be like a massive difference in like how you felt in that moment, you know, way back then versus like now you're kind of like looking back big picture of like, you're moving, you move to Toronto, you have this new place, which looks very beautiful on camera. Mm -hmm. And I can see your little cat in the window. And, you know, you've come back so strongly to running. And I feel like I also want to talk about like, what that comeback looked like, because I feel like something that I really loved about what I love, you know, how vulnerable and open you are in general about like the emotions of running. But then like, when you talk about coming back after months of not running and being very open and honest about like, this is where I'm at, like, I'm just doing walk runs. And maybe that's like my max right now. And Mm -hmm. like to go from that to your 305 this past weekend. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. But like, yeah, I just feel like there's I don't know, it just must be crazy to think about like how you felt when you got the news versus like looking back on it now. Yeah, okay. I I will say this. I think I knew I was gonna I knew I was going to be laid off for I would say about a month, wow. uh, about a month and working under under those type of conditions, right? Mm. Like uh, knowing that I was lo- like losing my job because there was just, you know, you work in tech, so you understand how it is. There's a lot of like chitter chatter 
together. There's a lot of pressure. There's stack ranking. I was on a team of 12 men. It was it was a tough situation. But yeah, like I very much knew that like the layoff was coming. I think I processed a lot of those emotions before it actually happened. And right. I remember the day I actually knew like the morning I was getting laid off. I remember wow. waking up and I like saw that like I was like locked at a GitHub. Mm. And I was like, what mm. a relief. Like it felt I felt like the weight of the world came off of my shoulders. Like I didn't like cry I wasn't like upset I felt like happy and relieved Mm. it's hard to describe that feeling but I remember that day like I put on my like running shoes and I like went outside like that because I didn't run I just like went outside I've been outside in a really long time and and it's interesting because before you mentioned like running being an escape an outlet right and I think for me I don't know if I would like necessarily call running an outlet but I think the structure of training and the structure of like putting on your shoes leaving the house going Mm. outside breathing fresh air like that provides something and I realized like for so long I hadn't done that so yeah yeah I guess then like from that moment you step outside you put on the (laughs) shoes and you're just like wow like I miss this yeah how much time was there between that and I guess deciding that you wanted to like try coming back to running because I I know that like (laughs) it wasn't like an immediate like you step outside and it's like I want to sign up for a marathon (laughs) I stepped outside and I think I sat on the bench. (laughs) I wasn't running. There was no running taking place. Mentally, physically at that point, I was broken. I was Mm. not in a good spot. Like I shared like a photo of what I looked like at that time. It doesn't look like me. I look gaunt. I look like a ghost. Like there, I have like a thousand yard stare, you know, behind Mm. my eyes. There's nothing there. So after I got laid off, to be honest, that was actually things got like harder a little bit in some Mm. sense because at that point I was really in like the thick of applying to jobs and interviewing which is very stressful and in software engineering you have to do a lot of coding challenges and Mm. I was doing a ton of leak code exercises which is very stressful um there's a lot of like pressure when you go in and you have to code in front of people and Mm. I don't know. It's it was very hard dealing with that, especially with the mentality that I was stuck in, which like really wasn't a good place. But I signed an offer about I, I think two weeks after I got laid off. Obviously, I was like started looking for a job before <laughs> I was trying to leave. Yeah. But yeah, signed an offer not not long after the layoff. And I told them like I needed some time before I started. So I had about a month where I wasn't working and where I didn't have to be interviewing and applying to jobs. And I just like slept a lot, ate a lot, got some like life back in in my eyes. And I slowly, I remember I went out, I spent a weekend up at my friend's house in Peterborough. And I started telling her like, I think I want to come back to social media, but I don't know what to say. Mm. I don't know what to say to people. Like I disappeared for three months. What do I tell people? How do I tell them I'm the most out of shape I've ever been? How do I tell them I lost my job? How do I tell like I just felt like everybody who like looked up to me and thought highly of me was gonna be like let down by where I was at. Hmm. 
Yeah. Which is like, I feel like it's really crazy to kind of like think that you were thinking that because I feel like when, like I was saying at the beginning, like, you know, I was like messaging with like Liv and Emily and we were just like, and I was re- I read through all your comments of like your most recent videos and it's like people genuinely just like, I think we're so worried about like you and just like, I think overall just wanted to know that like you were okay. Like, is Diane okay? And I think it's really hard, obviously. And I think like when you work, I I don't know about like software development and engineering. And like, I think that that's like so hard. My brother does it. And I just like, I look at his screen sometimes and I'm like, I have no idea what you're doing, but I can't imagine like the pedestal that you put yourself, you must put yourself on or like the level of like, you know, I feel like I need to be here all the time. And I feel like I need to be like, you know, winning at this and winning at life and winning at my job and everything. And it, it must've been like, really hard not only to have everything feel like it came crashing down but then I don't know I, I guess it's it makes me sad to think that you were just like well I don't know how I would tell people this and I get that that's hard but also I think that like there is something genuinely whenever I do read your comments on your videos like people adore you Diane they yeah love you and like I think that they just really appreciate how open you are about like every aspect of your running journey whether it's related to your running or not Mm -hmm. yeah and like I think I think that was something I was like thinking about at that time I was like you know people watch me and therefore here's here's one thing I will say like about social media it's like people always say you don't owe anyone anything Mm. but I don't I don't believe that I believe like if I'm going to put myself on social media and show you guys like the good times, I owe you the bad times too. Like I have to, when I started sharing online, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't making myself look like things just always go well for me Mm. I think like I owed people the good and the bad if that makes sense so when I was deciding how to come back I was like should I tell people I got laid off should I tell people I was burnt out should I tell people I I'm the most out of shape I've ever been and I was like yeah you tell them and like you know people the the way that people support me I don't think will ever be something I like get used to because it shocks me like constantly just how like how much like people want like want to see me do well it's it's really humbling honestly yeah so you you talked about how like you wanted to share online again and you posted mm-hmm. that first video sort of was there sort of a buffer time between then and when you said to Dan like I want to start running again and I want to start building back up and I guess like how did you how what was your mindset in like you know, thinking about like how you want to share that. Because as I said before, I think it's like, I think it speaks volumes to be able to share and say like, look, I was here too. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm here right now. I'm, mm-hmm. you, you may think that I'm this really fast runner and I'm in my peak fitness at all times. But like, look at me right now. Like I, I can't run for more than X amount of minutes or like I can't like, you know, hold the paces that I used to. So like, when did you decide that? And what was your approach in that? Yeah, so it was, there was about a month in between like, like when I was laid off and I took the time to get healthy. I didn't work out. I I just kind of like healed mentally and physically. And basically I made the decision that I wanted to start running again because I missed it. I missed it so much. I felt like I'd lost this like huge thing that was so important to me. So I told Dan like I'm ready to start running again. I was honestly kind of putting it off because 
you know how it is. Like it's hard to face where you're at. You know, when you start, that's when you have to face it. Like being like, yeah, I can't run for two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I told Dan I was ready. I made that video. And then I think it was like basically that week that I was like, okay, let's do this. Day one was very unimpressive. (laughs) I probably just like, I honestly don't fully remember it, but I, it was probably one minute on one minute off walking, jogging, walking, jogging for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes tops. I really like had lost a lot of fitness. So it was hard too. I I wasn't able to run without walking Mm. for, I I would say like a good month. Mm. I was going to say you you posted about your like, I don't do heart rate training, but you were posting about your heart rate as well. And you shared that recently too, about how it was like basically at 200, right? Yeah. Like here's the one thing I will say. I've like always had a high heart rate. Like even at my very fittest, I would say like peaking into the marathon would be like the fittest I've been. My heart rate's always up in like the 190s when I'm obviously like, especially when I'm running hard or doing like tempos and stuff like that. But yeah, my heart rate was hitting like 205 and I was like walking. Like I was like shuffling along and taking walk breaks and my heart rate was going crazy. I'd lost a ton of aerobic fitness, a ton of cardiovascular fitness. It was, it was hard to look at that. It, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I, I think if I wasn't sharing on TikTok, I would have worn my watch a lot less because one strategy that I use when I'm coming back into fitness is I don't look at the numbers. I actually avoid them at all costs because I think that there's nothing positive to be had out of going, okay, my heart rate's at 200 and I'm running, you know, two minutes slower than my pace like would typically be for this per K. Yeah, I think like the best thing to do is just go, I'm putting in the effort. Like that was what I was focused on. Every time, you know, that was actually one thing that I really went back into like the return to running with was I Every day I would just say, today I'm just going to show up and put in the effort that I can put in today and that'll be one step closer to where I'm trying to be. Mm, yeah. And I feel like like it was like awesome to like see that and like watch you sort of like build back up from what like looked like and must have felt like sort of like starting over at like zero. And you said you kind of had that for about a month where you were like still kind of alternating between walking, running. What was the most frustrating part about that time? Uh, I, you know, I wish I would have like shared more of, of how upsetting and frustrating. Like I wish I, I did share a bit, but it was a difficult time. You know, I mean, geez, I always say to Dan, like, I don't know how you do it all because you do so much, but working full time, doing Mm. social media, and then eating, sleeping, breathing, like everything else in life that has to get done. Plus I was moving, plus Mm. I was starting a new job. So there was a lot of onboarding. I was trying to get all my tech set up. I wasn't, social people, I think don't always realize like how much work goes into like filming everything. And then also like trying to get back into running, like filming everything, editing everything, like sharing it online. It it does take time. I just didn't really have the time to dedicate to it that I would have liked. But yeah, I was struggling. I was struggling so much. Like there was a lot of tears. <laughs> I I felt I felt very defeated most days. I think like I didn't share as much of like how mentally tough that was that I would have liked. Yeah. I was gonna say though, I think something that Gabriel and I were talking about just last night is like with content creation and even making these little videos, mm-hmm. you have to be able to emotionally show up. It's not just like you hit record and yeah 
you know, you can do whatever. And like, it's like the fact that you need to like be able to emotionally be prepared to, you know, do whatever you're filming or like, you know, say whatever you want. And I think that it, it can be particularly hard. Like, you know, I think we were just talking about as well, like crying on camera, like, it's not like we actively like want to be crying on camera or like emotional. But I think it's like, you get to these points, you have these different moments. And I think sometimes it's like, no, I want to keep this to myself. But mm-hmm. sometimes and I think a lot of what you do as well is like, you say like, no, I want to show that like, this is hard. This is not yeah. easy. This isn't just like, you know, I took three months off, and I'm just coming back to running now. Like, this is like hard. And like, you know, I'm, I can't run the way that I could you know, three months ago. Yeah. And like, I think to your point, it's like you go to like, you start the run or you start this video with the intention of like sharing this run, right? Like I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my fifth return to running video and I'm going to show this run. And then the run goes like shit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do you not, do you not share it then? It's like, what if I ended the run crying? Do I not show that that's how it actually went? Cause it, it did go like that. And it's like, I've always wanted to like show up the way that mm-hmm. I, I've always said to Dan, like, I don't want to perform running for the camera. Like when you see me in workouts, when you see me in on runs, like that's the actual run. Like I'm not performing this sport for social media. I'm actually doing it. And then my husband or my, co- my who's also my coach, like he's filming it and documenting it and it's very real. So yeah, like when I was crying, I, I tried to show that because to be honest, I think a lot of us have cried in training. I think running is very emotional. You you put your heart into it and it's devastating sometimes when it doesn't go well. But I think that's why like, you know, the sport is so special because it is a very emotional journey in some yeah. ways. Yeah, absolutely. I sometimes joke with Gabriel because I'm like, I'm such an emotional runner. And I was particularly emotional earlier this year when I was like training for doing yeah. my first training for a 10k. And I was just like, F, this is so hard. Like yeah. this sucks. And I like and it, it just like sometimes it'll be like the smallest things about your run. And for me at the at that time it was like I'm really struggling to hit pace and like you know emotionally it's just like to some people they're okay to like shrug it off and like Gabriel might go and do a run he'll be like yeah, it was really windy. I just didn't hit pace and he accepts it. And for the longest time, I was just like, I can't accept that I just cannot hit these bases. Yeah. But I feel like I, I think that there's a lot more to be said about like, just like, you being able to share like, from, you know, beginning to where you are now, and all of the steps that you've taken in your running journey, whether you are running or you're not running. And I think like that also like really helps with like the relatability, because I feel like people who because like you you were saying like I didn't know if I wanted to share about how I lost my job or I am not like running so I don't have my fitness anymore I feel like you then like bring in people who can feel like they can relate to you and say like okay like I've also lost my job and I feel like mentally I can't get locked into training right now mm-hmm. but like it's great to know that Diane also feels that way and like everything's not perfect for her. And I think that like also it can be so hard to share like everything on social media, but I think it's also good that to kind of like have that boundary sometimes and like keep some mm-hmm. things for yourself. But yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I think like that boundary comes when sharing would put you in a worse place than you already are. And that was why I had to make that decision to get off line for a while when I when I was in a really bad spot 
sharing wouldn't have been good for me. It wouldn't have been good for anyone who watches me. But I think being real about how things are and showing up like as authentically as possible is something that's so important. Because one thing I, I've realized is like when I scroll on social media and all I see is everybody killing it and everybody saying, I had this run and it was great. And oh my God, running is the best. All I do is win. And oh my God, da, 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 da. it's just hard sometimes because I go, why is that not my experience? Why am mm. I constantly like getting knocked down? Like, why do I feel like I always get like punched in the gut, you know? <laughs> but you know, it's like one thing that I love so much about you truly is like, I think it takes so much like bravery and confidence and courage to say your goal out loud to your massive following and all these people who are watching you train. Mm. And I think like, I have like chills thinking about it. Like <laughs> I think that you and Kate Southkeen, you're so bold and Sally too, like she's so bold with her goals and out there mm. with her goals. And I look up to you guys because I think like they're going to win in front of us and they're going to fail in front of us. And it's, it's very real because there have been times where I've won and there have been many, many times where I've set a goal and like didn't get there. And that's not something like people talk about enough, I think, you know? Yeah, I feel like I someone that I was really watching with like New York recently was Fast and Flow. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I love her videos. And she smashed her goal at New York. Yeah. And it was like amazing. And I almost found myself like, because I was like, obviously so hyped for her and like so excited because she like got such an incredible time. But yeah. I almost it was like interesting to sort of like watch the response to of that to be like you know everyone like congratulating her and her getting like hundreds of dms to be like amazing like you got it like you got your goal and i think for the longest time with like saying that i wanted to bq i was just like it'll be amazing if i do but mm -hmm. i don't know what it will be like if i don't because i've not like experienced like being super transparent about like failing mm -hmm. on the internet but i think in a way you know i think regardless like of like whatever you do there's always going to be people that want to hate on what you're doing and we you and i talk about that a lot because <laughs> it's just it's it's a reality of like you know you put yourself online and like there's always going to be someone who is going to disagree with you or they're going to nitpick at you and at the end of the day like it says a lot more about them than you mm -hmm. and i remember like watching when you were like in that journey of like building back up mm -hmm. and i think it was like i remember watching your video your videos it was like your first like long run back and I remember reading the comments and people were like almost like in disbelief and kind of being like well how did you like go from like this level of fitness to suddenly being able to like run this pace and do this and I think that sometimes people become so fixated on pace mm -hmm. and they're so fixated on like well if you portray this pace then you're telling every person that's slower that they're too slow and they're not good enough and it's like I think that pace is so individual to to each individual's journey. So like the fact that you have been running, like you've said, for a long time, mm -hmm. I think that that says a lot about someone starting at square one and like quite literally like has never run before and they're doing the walk runs, but then they see you suddenly just like jump to the long run. It's like, well, of course, at some point you are going to be able to lock back into your fitness and like kind of like find your footing again. So like, did you, how did you find like that moment where you kind of like felt like you were more yourself? again like Diane the runner yeah you know that's such a, that was such like a difficult situation to navigate when I start because 
here's the thing. First of all, that was, I think, close to two months after I had started back. But the problem was, like I said, I hadn't documented a ton of it. I think I had maybe seven videos. Mm. So it didn't look like it had been as long as it was. But truly, I just didn't have like the capacity between my full time job, which is obviously my priority and like documenting this like return to running the way I really would have liked to. But yeah, it had it had been over a month, like it had been probably closer to two months at that point. And like you said, you know, I have I have been running fairly competitively for seven years. So one thing that like Dan also reassures me, that's my coach and my husband, he always says fitness is harder. It's harder to get than it is to get back. Mm. So even if you take some time and fall out of fitness, you're not going to have to struggle to get it back the way you struggled to get it for the first time. I'll also say this, I like I take stimulants for to help me manage my ADHD. And I had made the decision at a certain point that I needed to get off those after I did that, I saw a pretty like big uptick in in the way that I was able to perform because stimulants increase your heart rate. Um, Mm. So it was very hard to be out of shape and then also be on stimulants. I wasn't really able to train. So Mm. yeah, it was difficult like navigating through. I will say this. I think that a lot of people very much related to seeing me go through like the stages of one minute on, one minute off, walking, running, and then, you know, having a run where I had to stop and sit down on a rock for like 10 minutes because I was tired and stopping at shoppers to get a Gatorade because I... I felt like and calling Dan to come pick me up because I couldn't finish the run. But I I talked about wanting to ease back in slowly and I did that. And I think when I started to come back into form, it was hard for people to like see me start running like 26K again. And I think it's tough because you want to make sure you're being like relatable online, right? Like I think people follow you because they relate to you. They, you inspire them. They see themselves through you. They see you accomplishing things and they would like to do that. But it's hard because, you know, I follow people too who uh, I'd love to be like, I follow Sally. She's hardly relatable to me, but she's relatable in the sense that like her attitude that she brings to the sport and her attitude that she brings to her training is something that I feel I can relate to, right? So yeah, I think think that was like a difficult situation to navigate because I, I remember commenting back at one point and people were upset that I was training so hard again. And I said, eventually I the goal is to train hard. Like that was the goal. The goal is to train hard. So eventually I was going to start doing that again. And that was what, you know, really what I wanted to do. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, I think it kind of goes back to like, you're not going to be able to please everyone. And like, I think to some extent, like, you know, I didn't know that until you shared that, like, you know, Dan, who's certified as a coach and like knows Mm -hmm. that, you know, with fitness, 
like you said, it's harder to build from the first point ever than just picking it back up like when you've already built it before. And I think that it's a little bit hard when like people don't know that and then they kind of like nitpick and say, you know, accuse you of things or like say things about like your own journey. But I feel like, you know, all that aside, that must have been an amazing feeling for you after almost two months of like feeling frustrated, trying to find your footing again and trying to you know, become like Diane the runner again. So like, Mm -hmm. did you did that feel like kind of like a full circle moment, I guess of like, you know, coming back and being like, you know, I'm back at like my not like peak fitness, but just like you're back and you've gotten that fitness back. It was a journey. I don't know if at any point I was like, I've got my fitness back because Mm. I think I've always just struggled with like kind of doubting myself, kind of doubting like where I'm at. I think I even went into like the marathon being like, am I even fit? Like I I, (laughs) I didn't, I don't know. But I do remember like one of the first runs I did along the waterfront in Toronto when we had finally moved here was like one of the long runs and I was running alone I didn't know anyone in the city yet I just like went okay I guess I'll just go east on the waterfront and I remember running and thinking oh my god this is like the first time I I felt strong in Mm. like months and it was like it made me like feel emotional I remember that run like I feel like I was like getting emotional because like sometimes when you're running uh, it's just like the best feeling you just feel like so free and like you're flying and it's like that doesn't always like come you don't always get to feel that very often but when it does you're just like oh this is why I love to do this and you try to like savor that moment yeah I feel like in a way too like I had a similar ish moment like coming back from injury where it's like can I trust my body can I trust my body like and then you kind of like feel like no I can like I'm my legs are strong my body's strong I can do this and like yeah just like feeling like that so like from that point when when exactly had you and Dan decided that you wanted to do a marathon because you also said that you've not like ran a marathon let alone trained for a marathon in a long time so like when did you decide that and I guess what brought you to that decision? Yeah, basically the last time I did a marathon was like five years ago, long before I was like working with Dan. So I've been working with Dan as my coach now for I think about two years. And um, when I started training with him, one of his uh, stipulations of me working with him was that I wasn't going to train for marathons. He was like, "We're n- I'm not going to be like coaching you for a marathon. Like, I don't think you should be running a marathon. I don't think you're ready like let's like focus on shorter distances and try and like improve speed that way and I was like okay I was like into that because I think at that point like my heart wasn't there anyways but I just remember feeling like I don't know when I started like thinking about the marathon honestly I think it was probably like pretty early on I just started thinking like I think a part of it was I had lost a lot of speed Mm -hmm. um because I hadn't been doing any like training, right? And I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to get fast enough to run anything like I'd want to run in the 5K or the 10K or even the half. So I was like, should I do a marathon? And I started thinking like, I don't know, that'd be like a pretty like big goal to set out. And it felt intimidating, but kind of in a good way. And I mentioned it to Dan and he was not for it. He was like, no. (laughs) Get out of here. Like he was like, You're you're not in good shape right now. Like this is not like the thing to start aiming for. He was like, I don't I don't know. So it kind of took him a little while to come around, but I just 
I kept on saying to him, like, give me a chance, give me a chance, like, give me a hard workout and I'll prove to you like I, I can do this. And I felt ready to like train hard. So it was probably like, I don't know, kind of earlier in the summer, like midsummer that I was like, oh, is this something I could do? I started counting back the weeks. I was like, how many weeks do I have? Yeah, that's when you know. <laughs> You're like 15, 16. <laughs> oh, I was like, okay, I need like, I was pretty out of shape. Like, I was like, okay, I need 20 weeks. So, mm. Yeah. So you decide on the marathon. Yeah. Did you have a goal time in mind? Like, when you signed up, when you registered, did you know what goal you were aiming for? Like, was it time-based or was it literally just like, this is for me and like my comeback this year? Okay, Liz, I didn't sign up until like three weeks before. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> trying to think and I was like, when at this point? Because it was like a big thing. And I suddenly was like, Diane's running a marathon. <laughs> I had done most of the training, but because I always have this, like people who have followed me for like a long time know I'm the queen of DNS. I have signed up <laughs> for so many races that I have not been able to run. And like candidly, like you lose a lot of money. Like yeah. These things are expensive. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not like going to sign up for this until I'm like sure that I'm going to make the start line. They're like, I think the race is like $150, which I think is a lot of money. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I I waited to sign up, but I I had very much made the decision that I was going to run it long before that. Quite honestly, like I didn't start thinking about times or anything like that until maybe three weeks out. Um, Okay. One thing I did differently in this build is I did not pay very much attention to paces. Mm. I almost didn't like use my watch very much. Like I tracked the sessions for Dan for my coach to like look at, but for myself, I actually tried not to look at paces very much because I like to run off feeling. I I find I do a lot better when I run off feeling. So Dan, we, him and I work together and like he knows me and he knows what works with me and what doesn't. And we decided to, instead of go, okay, this is your pace range. Like probably when you work with Sally, she says like this workout I wanted at this pace range, right? Yeah. Like instead, Dan and I came up with this system. We called it like easy, medium, hard, Mm. um, like for for kind of intensity. And he would be like, these ones should be like easy. These ones should be like medium. And I knew like easy for me was kind of more of a tempo effort, right? Like easy tempo. We didn't put paces on anything. And that allowed me to not ever feel like I was a failure. Mm. <laughs> because I think sometimes it's hard. Like you mentioned before, when you don't hit paces, yeah, it sucks. But, so but it, And like I was going to say, Sally's been pushing me for like all of this year to like just run to feel, run to feel. Yeah. And I think for the longest time, it took me a long time to like stop obsessing over my garment and like what it's saying and so I think it's like you really do like reach a new level of like running where you can just like know like okay I know that like half marathon pace feels like this and I'm just Mm -hmm. gonna switch into it and like it's it's such a game changer because like then when you're doing like the big city marathons as well it's like I don't need to worry worry about GPS like I know exactly how I feel right now and like this is I'm in pace right now no matter what my watch says yeah when I ran my half last year I didn't use my watch and Mm. I because here's the other thing too I will say like I will always give it everything I have right like I'll always bring the level of effort that I can um so seeing like a split doesn't do anything for me like if Mm. I see the split is slow it's 
probably it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to pick it up, right? Like it's yeah. if anything, it's only going to make me feel worse. They're getting in my head. So yeah, I, tr- I tried not to actually think about times at all in this build. But I will say like you do have to have a bit of a strategy. So yeah. <laughs> going in, um, I remember like saying to Dan, do you think I could run like 315? Do you think that's realistic? Like, is that something that would even be possible? And And he would always be like, well, do you want me to tell you what I really think? like and I I was like okay and he was like I think like on a really good day you could go under like maybe 309.59 and I was like oh my god and after he said that that kind of put that in my head Mm. and I started thinking oh my god is that something that would be possible so that honestly like when people ask me I would say somewhere between like 310 and 315 but there was that little in your head (laughs) oh my god could I go under 310 like that would be crazy I mean did you ever think that because I remember reading um one of your recent posts and you were like you crossed halfway at the marathon and you saw your time and then like suddenly like a a guy on a bike like came up next to you and you were just like really confused like what's happening and then he told you that you were the third woman right yeah so I actually didn't see the time I tried not to look at times in the marathon I saw like the splits after the race but Mm. um yeah I crossed like the halfway in like I think 133 something and and I didn't know at the time but what I did know I heard them say my name and then they sent a biker in front of me and and the biker turned around and he was like, I'm the lead cyclist for the third place woman. And I looked around like there was going to be someone else there. Like I was like, where is she? Who? <laughs> And then I was like, I'm the third place woman. And I put like both my hands over my mouth. I was like shocked. I was like, holy smokes. And Did that really like light a fire under you like for the second half? It, Yeah. Like <laughs> I was just, there were so many like emotions and thoughts going through my head at that point. I was like, never in my life did I think even at a small, like, I mean, but the Hamilton Marathon is like decently well-known in Toronto at least. And I never thought that I would be like able to podium at a race. It's still, it's still really shocking to me. Like, I, I don't think that I like have a full grasp. I still like see myself as the way I saw myself when I first started. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, the confidence like issues are still like there and I still, I don't know, but it's different. Like when I'm racing, I have confidence. Like when I race, I race with confidence. But outside of that, I'm like, oh my God, did I do that? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about also the elephant in the room, which yeah. of you had COVID right before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because we were messaging and you were like, and I saw your video and you said that you were like feeling really ill, really sad. And then it was just like nothing. And like, and then I saw your story as well on Instagram about like selling my bib. And I was just like, no. And I was like, my heart was just like, oh my God. Like imagine like coming back to running, building Mm -hmm. up all of this fitness for like 20 plus weeks. Yeah. And you can't run the race because you get sick. Yeah. So I think it was 13 days out. I texted you. I like messaged you. And I was like, Liz, I have, I think I have COVID. (laughs) And I basically, my parents, I had like gotten together with them. They tested both positive. And then I was like sniffling. I wasn't feeling well. Originally, I just thought it was a cold. But when they both tested positive, I was like, oh, no. And Mm -hmm. then I tested 
positive. So I was just like, like the timing, the timing couldn't be worse. Yeah. That was basically just under two weeks out. Um, mm-hmm. I did not feel good. Like I was and the tape the taper was forget about the taper. The taper was hardcore because we weren't running at that point. Like <laughs> um, I was like just sleeping. I wasn't mm doing anything I was just like sleeping and overdosing on vitamin c and the first week was I was like sure I was not going to be able to run I would say probably like three four days out I started thinking like I got out for I took like I think five days where I wasn't really doing a whole lot not really moving at all and then I was like okay let me go for a jog went horribly I think I did like 3k and then sat on a bench and cried and then Mm. came home and then I started to feel a little bit better and I started thinking oh my god can I like still pull this out somehow and then basically I like told Dan the day before I was like very much I went into the the race with the mindset that I was like I might not I didn't run a whole lot like going in right Mm. so the taper like didn't go to plan so I was like I might not feel well like I might drop out I was Mm. sure I wasn't sure if I was gonna DNF like I wasn't sure if I COVID would have like affected me so much that way that I wasn't gonna feel well but I did like post about it and I was like very emotional and upset obviously like feeling very like dramatic sucks though I think like it's hard I will say like people don't fully like understand everything that I went through to like get back to this like I I pulled myself out of a deep dark place Mm -hmm. and then for 20 weeks like I made you make you know how it is you make a ton of sacrifices you Mm -hmm. say no to a lot of things you put like your whole heart into running and to feel like that was all for nothing was really devastating honestly but I don't know I it was hard like sharing that online because when you're when you're upset and like people start being like critical of you and like a lot of people were like this like this is what you're crying over seriously it's like I and I understand because like there obviously are like much worse things to be upset over like not running a marathon in the grand scheme is mild in in regards to like you know, the horrors of everything that is happening right now. But it was upsetting. And like pain isn't like relative. Do you know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. people's pain is just their pain. So it was hard. But I did I did this is like something that I will say I did make the decision after that that I'm like right now the last thing I need is to like be on social media Mm -hmm. and I didn't consume social media and I didn't post on social media for basically like I think the week going into the race and that was like a really good decision for me honestly yeah Yeah. because I feel like that must have helped you sort of like kind of get out of like all of the comments and stuff sort of like flooding into your head and you were able to sort of like focus on you how did you know that you could like was did you have any doubt like going into it like you were saying like you were worried that COVID might have like maybe you know ruined your fitness or like you know you the taper didn't go as planned how did you know that you could trust yourself going into the marathon I don't know if I knew I don't know if I knew, but I, this is going to sound cheesy, but like I had these affirmations that I had like written out. Oh, you need them. You need them for marathons. (laughs) And like the very first one was like, I am prepared. 
Mm. And like I I just kept like saying that to myself. Like I just kept saying, I am prepared. Like I have prepared for today. And I kept saying like, you have to trust in the training that you put in and and trust that you have like done what you need to do to like stand stand on the start line ready to do this. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I ever like felt an overwhelming like sense of confidence though until I was actually going. Mm. I was going to yeah. say like how did you feel like race day morning? Did you feel 100% and like you were like okay like I'm good. I'm I'm not feeling the way that I did a week or two ago. Yes. I here's the thing. If I wasn't feeling healthy, I would not have raced because, you know, health obviously comes first and I wouldn't have wanted to like put myself through health. That's like not that's not worth it to me. There will be other marathons at the end of the day, right? I felt fully healthy. Like I wasn't coughing, sneezing, sniffly anymore. All of that had gone away. I wasn't feeling fatigued or tired. My heart rate was back into the normal high range that it usually is. So (laughs) I was like, okay, I I think it will be okay. Yeah. So you said you felt good on like race day and once you started. Were there any points throughout the marathon where things got tough? Oh, yeah. You know. You know how it is. Oh my god. I will say like three. Okay, my friend Anuka told me the first 3k go out on pace. And if it feels effortless, you'll you'll know that it's okay, you can stay there. Like it has to feel effortless in that first part of the marathon. Don't you think? Yeah. Because you know, like you've got a long way to run. So it's got and I remember thinking I need to feel really good through the halfway mark. Like Mm. that was how that was very much like how I wanted to execute you know it's funny like you actually like have a lot more experience like running marathons than I do so I'm kind of curious like do you how do like you pace them do you like feel very try to feel very strong through the halfway mark oh yeah absolutely but like that was like I don't know the two marathons that I did this year were like polar opposite like polar opposite ends of the spectrum where it's like one was like in my spring marathon it was like I was at mile 20 and I was just like I feel like I shouldn't be feeling this good and it's just like this feeling of like I feel like things should be going a lot worse for me right now but like I feel really good and like going through the halfway mark it was the same whereas like Chicago was just like I went out way too fast and like by like 10k halfway like I I looked like I looked like I like I should and like I probably did at like mile 20 because like it was just like and like that's what I knew like very early on that like this was gonna be really hard but like yeah I feel like you have to be able to get to halfway and like how everyone talks about like you know treat the first like 10k is what do they say like like as a warm-up mm-hmm. and then the next like 10 miles is like a you know getting into like pace and like a steady sort of like pace for you and then the last 10k with your heart or whatever but like it's meant to be like you don't you're not meant to give a hundred percent really until like the end and I was like yeah yeah oh my gosh that's so true yeah like it's it's kind of crazy because you can definitely you definitely know early on how it's gonna go mm-hmm. you you know, like within 10k, if it's going to be a good race or not, which is crazy, because that means 30k of like, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say I felt really, really good. It was very much my intention to like negative split because like mentally, that brings out the best in me. Like I don't like to have any panic moments. Mm. I think like when those start to happen, that's when I really like fall apart. So I went through the half. I tried to, I kept telling myself, be patient, be patient. 
And when I went through the half, I definitely got a little bit excited when like they told me I was in third. But you know, it's funny because when you're in third, you feel like, oh, am I running with something to lose, right? Mm. I I had a bit of a I had a bit of a desire to like look behind me to mm. see if anyone was there, but I didn't allow myself to do it because I said in my mind, I was like, regardless of if there's another girl behind you or not, you will still be like running your race. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what other people are doing around you. Just stay focused on what you're doing and don't don't let anything else like affect that. So yeah, it it was good. And then I would say like it got really, really hard at 37 to 38k. 38k, I was like, shit. <laughs> this is not, this is painful. Yeah. And then basically from 40 to 42.2, it felt like I'm traumatic. Like, blacked out. <laughs> like, do you remember, do you remember being very painful? Oh, Because I'm yeah. like, that was insane. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is the course elevation, like, is it quite, are, are there hills throughout? at all? No. So the marathon that I ran is very flat. It's like along the waterfront. So Mm. not kind of elevation at all. But there was like this one tiny like but steep hill right at 200 meters and you kind of just had to like power up it and then you turn into like the chute where you have like the last kind of 200 meter sprint and my friends were there on that hill and I looked at them and I was like where's the finish line (laughs) they were like it's right there I'm like we need to get there we need to (laughs) I was gonna say it's like it's kind of like the last like few k where you're just like okay I want this to be done now like where is the finish line you're like dramatically searching around but like Chicago is the same you have to go up a little hill and then you turn a corner and then it's there which yeah. kind of sucks but in a way it's like well at least I know when I get over this I'm right. done and I can stop but right. yeah what was crossing the finish line like I don't know in some ways you all it's almost like blacking out you know what I mean <laughs> Like, I think the last, like, couple hundred meters, you just run with, like, I don't know if other people experience this at all, so you'll have to tell me, but, like, it's almost like your body just takes over. It's like your mind is just there being, like, sitting on the sideline almost, and your body is just running, even though it's, like, the most painful thing you've ever experienced. Your body is just somehow continuing to do it, and, like, when I came down the street, I looked up at the clock and I saw like 3.0 and I didn't like see what else was there. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going under 3.10. I'm going under 3.10. And I just like ran as hard as I could, having like no idea how fast I actually was going. And I did like, I don't know. You kind of have this like feeling where you're just like, holy shit, I did it, you know? Yeah. But I feel like that whole point where you were saying like, it's like your body takes over. And I think it very much relates to like, your body is like, it's able to take over because you've gone through this in the training. So it's like, oh, you can like go into cruise control and like my mind can switch off. I don't need to tell it what to do. Like it knows exactly like how to handle this and how to keep pushing and not stop. So like, yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's very normal. Yeah, like one of my other affirmations was like so- something along the lines of I was feeling very like scared. I was like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so painful. It's going to be so painful. And then like one of my affirmations that I told myself beforehand was, but you know that pain. You've mm. been through that pain every Sunday. Yeah. Like, Every single workout, you like experience that pain and you always get through it. So why are you like fearing that? 
Yeah. 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 I was going to say your race day video as well was like, it was so emotional because I was like, like, because it takes you through like literally like you struggling, like panting and just like being completely out of breath and then finishing this marathon, getting 305, third place woman and like podium. And I feel like, I mean, it must have been like the most unreal feeling. Like when did it fully like click for you? Like all of these things, like you got way past your goal time, you podium. Like, I guess, like, when, when, when did your mind sort of like come out of like the blackout? Was like, oh shit, I've actually done this. I don't know. Like, probably a few like minutes after, I was like, does anyone know what time I ran? And my friends and Dan looked it up, and they were like, you ran three o five, and I was like, holy shit! Like, I it was just like the craziest feeling. And you know, like the podium is such like a surreal experience for me. Like, I my partner and my coach Dan, he he's a really incredible athlete, and like I have sat on the sidelines and watched him like podium so many times. I've always been like Dan's girlfriend Mm. or Dan's wife. Mm. I've never got to be like Diane. Mm. Diane runs. I'm always like hit like on the side of him. And it just felt like, I don't know. I guess I I never thought like it would get to be like me up there. You know what I mean? I guess Mm. I – I'd always like experience that experience through like watching him but never in my wildest dreams did I think like I would ever get that for myself Mm, that's amazing I was gonna say too it was really cute when you guys both won first place at the turkey trot (laughs) oh my god that was so much fun honestly like that doing things like that reminds me to like have fun with running Mm. and I remember, like, I'll always think about this, like, one uh, video that, like, my friends Kaho and Anuka made. And before Kaho, like, went out to, like, go run her race, she's an, an unbelievable runner. She came first at the Toronto uh, Marathon. She wow. ran, like, 235 or just 234. She, she's unbelievable. Jeez. But um, I remember thinking, oh, you have to be serious. You have to be serious to be a serious athlete. Mm. And if you want to run well, you have to you have to be, like, you can't be smiling, you know? And and I like I think Caro is like one of my like favorite athletes to watch because she's like the opposite of that. Like she's always having a blast. Like she's always having fun. And I remember when Enuka made the video, she said when Caro's having fun, she runs fast. Mm. And I thought like, oh my god, like I I resonate with that. Like I run better when I when I'm having fun and when I'm not taking it too seriously and when I'm not wearing the weight of the world on my back. You know. Mm. So. I think that there's also like some thing to be said about like because I know that like some runners really struggle with like the mentality and like anxiety that goes into racing and like sort of like what expectations that they may hold of themselves and then like if they get really nervous or something happens and like how that affects them for like future races but I feel like part of that is like allowing yourself to believe that you are actually capable of like achieving and like hitting these really high goals and like if you don't the first time like it's okay you can go back and you can do it again and do it even better but I feel like part of it is like allowing yourself to believe that like you also deserve to be here on this start line with like all of these runners and like I guess did you have a moment like at the start where you were thinking of like that photo of you from like the three months were just like like did you like have that running through your mind at all like throughout the marathon not really in the race not in the in the race, I was just so focused on 
what I was doing. And in the race, I was just the main emotion I experienced during the race was holy shit, I'm so like grateful to be here. Like I just felt like against all like odds, I actually was like there running. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, oh my God, like w- all I wanted was to be here running this race and I'm here running this race. So enjoy it, like take it all in and like be be happy to be here. And like, that's what I did. I was like s- smiling and like enjoying myself and until I wasn't at the very <laughs> but for, for most of it. But I will say like the night before the race was when I feel like a lot of those emotions hit me. I was like laying out some of my stuff and trying to get organized and I was I just like stopped for a moment and I was like holy smokes like I I've I've made it to racing like I'm gonna do this and it was like very emotional and I like felt emotional in that moment and I like kind of had some like happy tears where I was just like oh my god like 20 weeks ago I was not where I am right now and I just kind of reflected on all of the training all of like the track workouts the mornings the long runs and like all of you put in you put in so much work to run a marathon I think like it's you don't really know till you like go through it it's a lot and like all comes to a head and you think about all the work that you put in and you just feel proud of that Mm -hmm. it's a really emotional overwhelming feeling yeah I'm tearing up gosh (laughs) because like that was that was like the feeling that I had at Manchester for sure because that was sort of like a I didn't think I would make it and it was like but it's like when you are running it and you're like smiling and having such a blast and such a good time I think it's like I think it's like it part of it is joy but I think the other part of it is like literally like just like so grateful and just like full of gratitude to even like be there in the first place and be like I can't believe I'm even like here in the first place because I didn't think I would be and like yeah I feel like it just it like that's what makes running like so emotional yeah well what was it like for you like coming back from your injury and then running Manchester I mean that was that was crazy because it was like I only had six weeks and then my coach wasn't gonna like increase number of days like we only trained four days a week but he was just like we're gonna do quality sessions and just like really make sure that you know we're utilizing the four days and we're still resting the other day so we're not overtraining your foot which is like yeah crazy and then like I guess because even when I'm reflecting on like Chicago it's like (laughs) well think about like where you were at the beginning of the year and I think that you can do this with any race but it's like I know that I was upset in the moment but like I never thought that I would be like hitting like 330s like let alone getting close and then it was funny because like when I was like signing up and registering with my time qualifier for Chicago for next year I was like oh Sally like what should I put for my like goal time and she was like oh you could put like 315 and I was like what do you mean Sally what are you saying to me that I love her I was like you're feeding you're feeding my Delulu like my delusion believes in you and that's exactly what you want in a coach she believes oh in you. yeah no no yeah absolutely but like I mean I guess my next question was gonna be what's next and like just for uh, people's context I was definitely possibly maybe pushing Diane to be like you know Diane your time would definitely time qualify you for Chicago 2024 so I'm just saying like and Catherine Kelly also signed up for 
Chicago. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's making me want to go there because so many, I want to like meet all of the women who I like follow online. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, it's, it's, it's so funny because Catherine, I love following her so much. She's one of my favorite accounts to follow because I think like one of my favorite things about her is she's just like the most confident person I've ever seen. And yeah. I just like want to be her when I grow up. Yeah. But it's funny because I see her being like, oh, and then I like, this is my plan for this and this is my plan for that. And I'm just like not ready <laughs> to <laughs> mentally go through that right now. Like yeah. I, I haven't thought too much about like what's next for me, but I will say like I will like be taking a step back to the shorter distances. I, I'm probably going to like be focusing more on 5K, 10K training. I think that part of the reason why I came up to the marathon in some ways was because I stopped believing in my ability to get faster. Mm. But the marathon kind of gave me like a little bit of a boost of confidence. And it it gave me enough confidence to go back to the 5k 10k and go, okay, like I, I can do this, I can get quicker, I can face like these really hard workouts that you have to do when you're like training for those distances. And, you know, I'll say like a big goal out loud, I like I would really like to like uh, in Canada, like some of the sub B elite standards for women are sub 39 for the 10k. And like, I would love I would love to get that. Yeah, that feels very far away. And it feels like a very scary goal to say out loud but I also like believe that I can get there with time with training so I don't know that's probably like the big the big one for me Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that's ultimately like, I think that that's such a good like full circle thing because I, like what you were saying was like, you almost approach the marathon as like, a, like this is sort of what I'll go for because I don't feel like I can reach for like the, the shorter distances right now. So I feel like ultimately for you, like it really sounds like you've come full circle and you're like, you've got the confidence back. You proved to yourself. I mean, you really p- proved to yourself and podiumed at a marathon and and I, but at the same time, I totally understand like the need to like just like mentally check out of running for like a few weeks after a marathon because you're like, God, there's so there's nothing I want to think about less than running right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been very nice to be resting. Like when I mentioned that I had COVID, a lot of people were like, "Oh, push your marathon back into December," and I was like, "I don't have another month of this in me. Like I can't train like this. Really, like, extending the season for another four or five weeks would have been so difficult because marathon training is exhausting. Yeah, it's so much work. It's so much time. Yeah, but yeah, I think like I think it gave me confidence and like. I, I, I kind of want to push myself out of my com- comfort zone a little bit this this winter. Like I'd like to do some indoor track. Mm. I think it would be really humbling and really exciting for me to put myself out there and maybe do a 1K or a 1500, something that I would be not the best at, but, you know, just experience something different. And yeah, I think that would be super cool. And like, yeah. I can't wait to follow and watch you and I feel like yeah I think it's so cool to like have watched your whole comeback and like also hear about it and I know that like we message from time to time so obviously it's like really nice to like know and like be able to like reach out to you and like talk to you like runner to runner but it's been so inspiring to hear 
your journey of just like comeback this year. And I feel like definitely will be inspiring to anyone who's listening, no matter where they are, because I feel like it just sounds like it's applicable for like, no matter what you're going through, whether it's injury, whether you've lost your job, whether you have just fallen out of your running and like the fitness, Mm -hmm. I think that like you are literal proof that you're able to you can jump back in and it's gonna be hard and I can't imagine how like because I can I'm gonna guess that it was mentally harder than it was physically to push yourself to like I guess like pull yourself out like you were saying of a deep dark place but Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who might be listening and feels like they're in a deep dark place and they feel a little bit lost and I guess like might be a little bit emotional for like an ending question (laughs) no that's okay I think it's good I think you know when I was like in that spot it was not it was not easy to be there it was like not easy to be you know feeling feeling like I was having a lot of lows like in many different like aspects of my life and maybe this sounds cheesy but like in some of those moments I would just be like you're writing your comeback story right now Mm. so like make it good you know and (laughs) I I just kept I knew even though I was like in these really tough times I I knew it wasn't gonna last forever and on the days when it was so hard I I would just say okay get out there and just take one step forward today like just do one thing that moves you one step forward and every day I would try to make a little bit of progress and just be okay with that I didn't look too far ahead and I didn't look behind me I just tried to stay the course and do trust what I was doing trust the process and know that like even when you go through hard times they don't last forever yeah yeah absolutely well thank you so much diane for coming on the podcast again and i'm sure there will be many more guest appearances because i feel like i i definitely look up to you as a runner and i look up to you very similarly that i do sally and i think that you guys have like a very similar approach to both nutrition and running which i think is very admirable but if runners wanted to follow you if they don't already or connect with you do you want to share like different ways that they can and then i'll also include everything in the show notes of the episode as well okay yeah so you guys can follow me on tiktok at diane underscore lauren and i'm on instagram at diane underscore lauren underscore 19 and i made a youtube channel too that i post on sometimes and I honestly like don't even know what my username is. I think it's just Diane Lauren. But I can... follow you. I'm subscribed on YouTube, so I'll <laughs> I'll include it because I watched your half marathon video and I thought it was so good. I loved it. Yeah, thank you. Guys. Yeah. I'm subscribed to your account too. And I just want to say, like, I'm always so flattered when you want to bring me on your podcast. <laughs> me and I look up to you too Liz like you 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 are very inspiring and like your journey and everything you do I say to Dan all the time I say Liz has more hours in the day than any of us because (laughs) you're you're doing so much and you every time I'm being unproductive I'm thinking Liz is probably doing something productive right now (laughs) she's multitasking (laughs) yeah literally so yeah thanks for having me on like I always have such a blast oh yeah it was great to have you and i can't wait for the next episode 
All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. A huge thank you to Diane for coming back on the podcast. We always love having her. All of her details will be in the show notes of the episode. And if you have any other questions, feel free to shoot me a DM. If you haven't already, please do leave the podcast a review and rating. It really does help the podcast. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.